What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Voices of the Black and Gold, and we are not finished yet. We are not finished yet. We have a massive game coming up Saturday. And, of course, I had to bring the gang out, right? Not only is Celso and Eric here, but our man, the legend, the GOAT, Gaston, is here with us today. And why would he be here? Not only has he missed too many days, and we have missed him on this show at Voice of the Black and Gold, but we have Rossi coming that we're going to play. Yeah. We have Christian Oliveira just killing it. Both Uruguayans, both he knows all about. So who better to talk about these guys than, than the man himself, the GOAT, Gaston. What's up, buddy? Glad to have you back with us. Hi, guys. I'm extremely happy to be here. Uh, it's been a while. I've uh, I've been missing this. I always have a great time here, and hopefully uh, this is a great show. Yeah, man, exciting times uh, for me as a uh, Uruguayan and as an LAFC fan. So looking forward to it. <laughs> man, Gaston, you're, Gaston's an original. Like, he's one of the founding <laughs> VOBG chat room members, and there's not a ton of us left, but he's one of them, man, from the beginning. Just so you understand how much of an original he is, he was one of the four people on Spaces when we first started <laughs> That's how original Gaston is. Okay, so this dude is an absolute goat in my eyes. Yeah, no one can do any better than him. If you don't follow him, you need to. If you have been missing out, you're really missing a lot. Uh, but yeah, dude, he knows everything. You're a Hawaiian player, so we have a lot to talk about with him. Not only that, guys, we have a crew guy coming through later on, a crew pod, uh, um, MLS going wild. I mean, this dude knows a lot about the crew, so that's going to be a fun conversation. But Eric Celso, I mean, guys, you were at the at BMO Stadium. Gents. You got to experience the last game of the season at BMO, right? Um, and you also are both going to be in Columbus, which we will chat about a little bit. But, guys, this game for me had everything that we were looking for. Uh, we walked in and, and just stuck to our game plan. Right. Uh, the 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 stats of them having the ball compared to us was a 70 30. This was absolutely crazy, but it was by design. We heard that it was by design in the pressers. Um, so what I want to do is I want us to chat a little bit about this game and then we'll get into the crew game. Uh, Eric Celso walking into BMO Stadium at the tailgate. Just let's get going on how that felt walking in for this last game, knowing that it was such a big game. So also we're going to get to you after because you're shooting the you're you're uh, got your press pass and you're shooting it. So let's talk about to Eric first and then we're going to cover a little bit of what what happened unfortunately to sell so there too uh no it's not to come on that but no no we don't yeah, yeah. Like, okay, okay. <laughs> um, but no anyway. seriously eric you're walking in you know the tailgates are going crazy 420 i'm sure it was just blazing out out the world talk to me a little bit about the feel of walking back in there for the for the final game uh in this championship uh western conference final I mean, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here because I know most everybody watching this show goes to the tailgates, but you all know LAFC tailgates is a big fucking party and that's it. And so like, I think for this game, we all knew that this was no matter what happened, this was the last one. And this is a tailgate that wasn't promised to us ever. You know, it's a tailgate that we got because our boys stepped up and gave it to us. And so we all knew this was the last one, and we're not going to get another one for a while. So it was big. It went off. Uh, we rolled through about about five hours before kickoff with, uh, you know, the full tent set up, table with everybody else's tent. And we just – we hung out, you know. 
It's California. It's an adult use state. There was plenty of big clouds from the 42 originals. Celso busted out as the churrasquero. He was rocking that grill. And uh, he, man, Celso was grilling the meats like a proper Brazilian. And uh, yeah, man, it was, it was, it was nice. Brought the churrasco there. It was a fucking great time. The 42 originals brought a massive fireworks display, which was visible everywhere. And we were just loud. We were loud and rowdy. It was our last thing. This is what we do is black and gold. This is what we fucking live for. Uh, Celso, you were there shooting it, you know, but now I know that you were out there cooking uh, for all the guys, showing them how the Brazilians uh, barbecue. Talk to me about it, man. You're walking in. You, the, the little jitters or not? The vibe was awesome. Yeah, I know. The vibe was really good. I was very confident going into this game. You know, I, I didn't feel like LAFC was going to have a tough time with Houston. It was a good game going into it uh i really believed in this team i was not nervous for it at all the vibe outside of the stadium was positive there was not one single houston diamond uh fan in the entire tailgate which is mind-boggling to me away culture is still you know a long ways to go in this league and lafc is by the way setting the tone and how to do that oh there's me cooking just <laughs> Um, you know, like the one thing I don't know how to do is like bring my gear with me. Like I forgot a knife, for example, but I'm MacGyvering my way out of that tailgate pretty good. And then inside it was insane. I know we're going to talk about the game and the madness that was. But even before that game, you felt the energy in the stands, even in like the hallways walking around. Maybe it was me. Maybe it was the intoxicating meat I had before. But it was truly, truly a different kind of vibe on the stadium, which I mean, look, every big sporting event I, I've been to, I've tailgated for a while, and you go in feeling a little bit more of the vibe, right? Uh, and that is a big part of the why tailgated exists. It kind of preps you for this big event. And once you're inside, you saw what happened. It was it was fireworks, right? So, I mean, big, it was it was fire. Uh, Gaston, you and I don't get to attend it, but for me, no. I was still feeling the pressure here and watching the pregame really had me hyped up. I was pacing back and forth, writing in the chat, asking people, and I didn't see you. I think you had to watch it after because you were finishing. Yeah. Your yeah it, it, so it how was, in the hell did terrible. you not look at your phone at all, bud? <laughs> wow. No, it, it was tough. It was it was tougher than watching the games live. I was even more nervous when I watched it. Uh, yeah, man. It was the the last day of the semester, so I could watch the game like at, I think it was like four thirty a.m. or something like that. It was terrible a terrible experience but it was worth it because the the, the pre-game fireworks and show was amazing i'm really glad that we are seeing that in in la and hopefully it uh continues to to happen in the whole mls because it makes the the league better and uh yeah i i i had the temptation to watch my my phone and to see how we were doing but uh, thank God I didn't because uh, I, I could still feel the, the energy, I still feel the nervousness, and uh, it was a great game. As you were saying, I was confident, but the weight killed me, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> the weight was the worst, right? Yeah, yeah sure. You know, I, I will say, too, in the stands, I, I just want to add that, uh, you know, the people were on their feet. The entire stadium was on their feet over over half of that game, you know, like – a lot of games, regular seasons, like, you know, there's a lot of kind of sitting down. This game was the crowd was on their feet and they were super into this game. As much energy as I've ever seen the fans bring. So it was fantastic. 
No, it absolutely was fantastic. I was really uh, excited from what I seen from the crowd. Uh, I thought the 3252 sounded absolutely fantastic the whole entire game. Uh, I'm trying to pull up this uh, screenshot that I have of um, the vibe uh, with the pyros that Gaston was just talking about. So let me see if I can bring that up here. Yeah, we made some news with that thing. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, it was it was quite the beautiful the visual. I mean the smoke the smoke coming back in was just it was crazy. Yeah, they, they held the game, right? Guys. It was stopped for a while and you could tell that they were waiting for the 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 the, the, the fog to lift off the field. So it created this really somber Sort of like almost terror movie looking to thing. I, I gotta be like honest, team is about guys, to play, man. I knew we had it when that happened. It sounds crazy, <laughs> but I knew it right because the whole stadium had bought in, right? Yeah. And and yes. while the smoke is trying to clear, you see LAFC boys looking super confident, and the others are sort of like, "Oh, this is fun." Like they're already sort of complaining and bitching about the weight in a way and i'm like yo this is awesome like this is what we need in mls to gaston's point like this is what shows fandom and i know a lot of yeah. people are bitching and complaining about this guys but for me i'm all about this i love the pyros like this i love the 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 flares going off i love this and so i hope that mls continually lets teams do this uh like we did at the rose bowl um and for me this this was just a way to start this game and i know everybody is complaining and bitching of other teams that say oh we can't do that and whatever whatever bullshit just go and do it because they can't cancel everybody if you just go and take that chance they're not going to push all of the supporters out so go and do it man is it hey for mls not to like it they sure do roll with it a lot they sure have shown it a lot on all mls content and so i was all for it i loved it um, and, and the wait to get the game going, the extra little five, four minutes was well worth it. And the boys yes. knew that the yes. 3252 were behind them and that they were ready to roll. Uh, and with that said, Carlos Vela gets on a goal right away. It looked like he was going to hit it. He had a ton of chances, guys. We want to talk a little bit about that. He had a ton of chances. He didn't put them in the back of the net. But from that point, the second minute that he had uh, hit the bar, you knew that this team was really moving around. So let's just talk about the beginning of the game and what mm -hmm. you guys seen from that because other than that, they were controlling the ball, as Holling mm -hmm. said, in the middle of the field, but really not going anywhere. We It felt like we were controlling this game, Eric. Yeah, Eric's frozen, so I'm going to go right, for him. Fine. He actually also. mentioned it in there. But like, no, here's right what back. happened. So, Oh, you're, yeah, he'll be right back. But a couple of things on that. Um, first of all, I thought Houston actually absorbed the pressure from LAFC pretty well and neutralized all that pyro show. I mean, I mean, the, the goal didn't come in for like 45 minutes. Vela had that nice chance to put that ball in and wasn't able to. And I was like, OMG, here it is. We did all of this. We got our momentum. We got our chance. And he wasted two in a row, right? Because at the end of the day, he was offsides for the second one. That's Sunday, a striker. Always oh, to me. I mean, I'm sorry. Is it on timing? But I think that we kind of 
almost flirted with disaster there because if it's a team with a little more skill that doesn't play that ticky-tack, whatever they call it in the midfield, we might be in trouble. Someone that gets in the ball, gets the ball through, now suddenly you're, uh, we're down one goal and then we fall flat on our black. So very, very lucky that this worked out and that those early misses didn't cost this team the game because you do not want to miss play games and goals like that. You want to capitalize when we have a chance. Gaston, I've never seen Vela called offside so much. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that in the in this in the game they said that he had been called off for offside more times in that game than in almost the whole entire season. <laughs> it was incredible. And uh that's uh pr- um, something we need to talk about Houston's defense. They were mm-hmm. pressing quite high on the pitch, and uh of course uh Bella's at fault, but also it's due to the the Houston's defense. They did a great job. Um, although I I must say that there were some calls, uh, some offside calls that weren't clear to me. Uh, there's okay. this chance uh, that I think Bella was running from our uh, half of the pitch, and they called offsides, and that ain't offsides. That the rules uh, say so. So yeah, I mean typical MLF's refereeing. Uh, we know how this is. <laughs> this league yeah, has I mean, uh, terrible I mean, refereeing. Good, pro referees suck. <laughs> They're terrible. To his point, Eric. Like I, I know exactly the one that he's talking about. He's talking about the second offsides. For me, it was not offsides. It looked like Denis was in front of him. He hit the ball. Vela ran to get it, and they called it offsides. It was not an offsides uh, offsides call for me. Even on the replay, as I watched them back, it just seemed like. They didn't expect Vela to constantly be making that run first, and they were like, "There's no way he's going to get to it," and they were just saying, "No, offsides." Yeah, I mean, when when do we ever see Vela play that role? I mean, he wasn't even really playing like a false nine; he was playing more like a true nine. And I don't think I've ever seen Vela play more like a true nine in all of the time I've seen him on LAFC. It was pretty wild, and I think his offside runs getting called was indicative of that he had so many because he never plays that role and i i really think that i really think that we've been seeing kind of trundle blossom as a coach especially the last six months and we're starting to see so many different tactics employed for each situation and the team executing them and this is just good organization having somebody do something new and then succeed at it and surprise the other team so it was really crazy. I think I think Trundolo has been doing a masterclass lately. It's going to be quite a coaching battle, despite what he was saying his press conference. He doesn't look at it like that. Um, and and part of me wonders how how long are we going to have him at LAFC with his this success that he's had. He's it's been really incredible and incredible seeing the boys kind of pull it off. No, very very true. Celso, I mean, uh, you know, we have we have been up and down with uh, Dolo. He has done something that other coaches hadn't do back to back finals like that. I think it hadn't been done since Bruce Arena or something like that. Um, but it's been pretty impressive. The one thing that Dolo does, he doesn't really like to talk about when we lose. It's always it feels like an ex- an excuse. But when we're winning, you have nothing but praise for this guy because. All the players give him nothing but praise and talk about how much they like Dolo, right? So we yes. have to like him as fans. And to Eric's point, for him to have back and back, you know, back to back finals, hopefully to be the first coach in 12 years to have a back to back winning championship MLS, bro, this is a big deal. Let's just talk a little bit about that. Dolo. Very big deal. <clears throat> I think that 
he's extremely pragmatic and he will not you, you can't understand what's going on through his mind and he lives in the present more than more or other coaches that I've seen and that has really helped him um navigate tough situations especially through the year he addressed some of that today talking about how the team was just fatigued in the middle in that summer run where there was a lot of games and some downfalls, some tough opponents that we lost to. So there was definitely some fatigue going on. But what you're seeing today is really, it is a masterclass. And the masterclass begins with the definition of roles and the distribution of tasks within his coaching staff. He trusts Razov and Marco Santos more than anyone you know, in this organization. And that is amazing. His assistants are doing such a good job for him. He talked about it today, how Razov is the one responsible for Denny Boanga's like shots and what we've seen of that offensive production. Guess what? He already co he also coached Diego Rossi. So we know where that finishing is coming from. So you know that he's well um, assisted by others. And I think that defines a leader. Can you surround yourself with people that are smarter than you in other areas and not feel that ego pressure. This man does it. Somehow he does it. You know, and when he loses, he doesn't he doesn't think about it. He just moves on from it. And I think we sometimes think of it as dismissive, but it's just him kind of understanding that that loss is just part of the greater process. That's a fair point. That's a fair point, Gaston. I mean, we, he is an he is an ex player now. Coach has more of that player mentality. Look, we got to get on to the next. We can't sit here and harp on it. No matter as much as, much as you guys want me to say something that you expect me to say, I'm not going to do it. I'm looking on to the next one. What are you thinking about Dolo, man? He's now went back to back. Good chance that we might have yeah. back to back MLS calls. Yeah, man, he's uh, he's surprising me because uh, he's showing his true self. I think that in 2023 we're seeing the real dollar ball. Uh, 2022 was more of a mix between his tactics and uh, what we inherited from Bob Bradley, uh, at least from from my standpoint. And uh, now we're seeing the the more defensive dollar. He was a, a right back, I believe. So uh, yes. he he naturally. Uh, focuses more on, on the defensive aspect of the game and uh, we've been fantastically uh, when it comes to defending as of late so I'm really happy not only with uh, what he's done with Bella because I think that uh, last weekend we saw the best uh, Bella game in, in a while and that's great news considering the final uh, this Sunday as uh, Saturday and uh, I'm, I'm really pleased with what I'm seeing from guys like Chiellini for example uh, he's, um, Cherundolo is uh, mastering uh, <laughs> Chiellini's game at uh, such an age, no? he's like 39 years old and you see him and he feels like if he was a teenager and uh, that's uh, mostly thanks to, of course, to Chiellini who is a beast and uh, one of the best uh, defenders in this decade, mm -hmm. but also thanks to Dolo and how he has set up the team. Um, the, now we are more pragmatic, we all defend more in 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 a group like the team is not that uh, wide so uh, that helps Kellini uh, that helps uh, a guy that uh, is incredibly quick on his mind but not so much with his legs <laughs> so uh, he's getting the best out of many players and uh, that's all on Cherundolo and his staff because as Celso was saying I think that uh, LAFC has a great coaching staff Dolo is a great coach, but most importantly, the, the group. Staff. 
the the stuff is uh, these they complement each other. To jobs, right? So remember that the, the all three were candidates to head coaching jobs, and we got all three of those guys to coach our players at LAFC. That's impressive. No, that's amazing. That, that's a great point, so so. But I do have to ask you guys. I mean, look, we're sitting here talking about Vela and Kalini, and two. These are the two guys that are. We have to worry about. Are they going to come back next year? I'm just interested, you know, because it did feel when Vela was walking off. It had a little somber thing the way he walked off. They ever. Everybody stood, gave him a standing ovation. Um, I am not ready to see him leave unless he retires LAFC. But the feeling felt very somber of him walking off. It felt like it was the last time at BMO Stadium, um, unfortunately. And it's not something I like. But what I did find interesting is that Dolo did get asked about Giorgio and about Vela. And, and he was like, we're not looking at that now. He really gave that player coach uh, – um, response like no we're not looking at that now we're looking at the games later i have nothing to do with that and when that time comes i will be sad if it don't and i will be happy if they're back like type of thing yeah uh, curious on what you guys thought when vela walked off did you sort of feel guess on like this yeah, is a it, it felt yeah it felt like a goodbye unfortunately because i love carlitos more than my family <laughs> so uh oh. it, it was it was sad it was sad and uh, I, I hope it, it wasn't his last game, but it truly felt like it. Um, at least I hope if, if he retires or if he leaves the club, it is with the championship because he, he truly deserves it. He's been here from the beginning. Uh, he uh, took the responsibility when we lost uh, the, the two Champions League finals when things weren't going our way. So now that uh, we are in, in our best moment in our franchise history, he deserves to to be crowned as uh, truly the MLS king that he is. Uh, you can bring Messi, you can bring whoever you want. The best there is Carlos Vela, and hopefully he can he can get the, the two MLS Cups in a row. He can get that statue. And I think that he has, um, he has the, the right to choose what to do next. I think that he has the right to choose whether he wants to stay or not. Of course, uh, if uh, the conditions are met with LAFC and uh, if the, his demandings are uh, reasonable. But, I mean, if he wants to leave, we can't uh, do nothing but to thank him for everything and uh, wish him the best, for sure. I want him back as a yeah. TAM, fellas. I want him back as a TAM. Yeah, if it was up to me, he would, he would come back, for sure. Yeah. I think we I think even use our three DPs. Give him a DP. Stop being DP. You know what? Just come on. Just give him a DP. Is, but is, is that the formula moving on? You know, I'm sorry, my my screen's paused. So, it's, but I'm I'm really here. But um, that the whole thing with Vela, I think it just is going to come down to his contract. He's. It, it seems like the statements from each camp, and for right now, I believe Trundolo that they're not focused on that. They're focused on winning this game this Saturday, mm -hmm. and I think all this yeah. talk, as it should, it just isn't there. But I think with Vela, he's got his number. He needs to come back. And the club has their number. They want to pay him to come back. And I think these two numbers are just far apart right now. And I don't think this is going to get sorted out until this offseason. Chiellini has said that he misses Torino. He misses Italy. So yeah. it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to convince somebody who's homesick to stay, you know. And, so, um, and and Juve wants to put him on the Juve wants to put him at the front office, and he, yeah. I don't see him turning it down, guys. I just don't see him doing it. Uh, no. Celso, no, it's it, it wasn't. 
as you age, you got to understand that once you step away from the game, you can't come back. So if you have the legs to go another season and you want to do that because you love it, because let's let's be honest, we play a game as a kid because we kind of like playing it, right? Forget all the bullshit around that. So maybe he just wants to play ball, right? Maybe she wants to come back and do it again because his body is telling him that he can still play 2,000 minutes a season like he has. So that's amazing. That's We talked about this. I'm going to repeat it. Kudos to our physical staffing the guys that are developing them uh the, the the athletes and keeping them healthy there's something to be said about the science behind that i think this is really making a difference some of the changes that we made it with vela in, in in his case there might be a motivation issue there so i'm not sure if he is actually gonna go back at all to play next year if he doesn't come back to lafc so if the numbers are that far apart that is a money issue I actually would bring him back as a DP and see what happens because if we're really going to get four DPs, you've proven to this league you do not need all of them filled in order to compete. You can do it with three and a half. And if Carlos Vela wants to stay, he still has so much value for this club beyond what he brings on the pitch. And by the way, still pretty serviceable, right? Looks pretty good by yeah. the way he no, does. No, I, th I thought he but looked great. I thought he looked great. The body language really going out of the field told me that that was so, his last game and that was yeah. pretty sad. Yeah, and, and as a Juve guy, guys, this is what Kalini brings, right? You hear Hollingshead talk about, yo, I could talk about this guy for two hours. Not only that, uh, we have the crew coach that just absolutely gave him mad props, said that they study him. I'm going to show you all that video in a second, but this is what I've said from you to you guys from the beginning when we got Kalini. He is a master at everything. This guy will, you know, He's the best guy for the locker room. He's the best guy for the young guys to look up to. He's the best guy for the older guys to still respect. Everything about this guy is a class act. And if it was in my book, LAFC would do everything they can to make sure he is on the bench. If it's not playing part of this uh, front office, part of the coaching staff or something. However, I know that he is going to go to Juve and work at the front office there. But I would love for him to stay here. I do want to play this little clip with you guys uh, before we yeah, get uh, the crew MLS uh, gone on here. Uh, so let me pull this up. MLS gone wild. That's a great. Yeah, idea. MLS gone wild. He's going to come on here with us. Massive respect for this player and this person also because he, he won a lot of things, but he always has a smile on his face. And uh, when I talk about values, a few few words really important for me is compete and enjoy. And Kelly, this is exactly so he knows how to defend. So that's why they know because the master to to bomb the guy before he receives the ball. Master also to lead the play, the master also to grab uh, the, the players just to disrupt a little run. So I love him, to be honest with you, as a center back. So they know him, they know, but now we know how we can attack him. 
and it's going to be as a coach i'm so happy because it's going to be funny i don't know funny if this is a good word but it's going to be good to see how my players going to be able to attack this uh, this backline because it's a good backline and the way we play we have a certainty about the way we play and uh, and the idea is going to be is going to have to be good now to Salabags are, are so big and fast, and uh, and uh, and the idea is uh, to be good also individually but also collectively. So we're gonna try to attack the box as often as we can, knowing that they are really really good also in terms of attack. So again, it's gonna be about what we saw during all the year, but we doesn't change the way we want to play against them. What it changes is I mean, I just thought that was excellent, right? Like he's given all yeah. the credit to Kalini um, and really showing what, what I've tried to say. He just said it so much more elegant with a French accent that just blows this country <laughs> accent away, bro. It's like it was just so much better, so much elegant. And, and you so know, like, eloquent. but that's who he is. He 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 beats you down and then kisses you on the head and the guys walk away like that just fucking happened. You know what I mean? Like you gotta love it, bro. You gotta yeah. love it. Yeah, by the way, he um, almost scored. Did you notice that? That goal that Hollins had scored. That Hollins had got. Yeah. Yeah, like, but he Hollins had got it, but they do this play where they kind of run really close to one another. And I almost thought he was the one that was gonna score. And <laughs> and and, for, that, and, and like, let's mention about that Kalini has not been playing 90 minutes. In the last two games, he has played 90 minutes. This guy has put his, his balls to the wall and said, I'm all in. And that's why I believe all the other players are buying in the way that they are. Um, guys, I want to also bring in our next guest. It's going to be MLS Gone Wild. Uh, if you don't follow this dude, you really should. He posts a bunch of good MLS content, but he's a crew fan. Uh, but posts a great MLS content. Let's just go on and bring him in over here. What is going on, man? Glad that up, you're fellas? here. Thank you for joining us What's here at the Voice hey. of the Black and Gold. What's up? Oh, now I can't hear What's you. Up? All right, this is good. Can you hear us? I can just hear you guys, and I can't hear you now. Oh. Oh, what about? Oh, no, there Let's he see goes. if you can hear us now. What yeah. about now? Can you hear us? Mm. Nope, I got nothing. Oh, Go that is really going back. wild, no. <laughs> Go out and come back. All right, let's have him go out and then he comes back and let's see yeah, if that works. Um, hey. But uh, yeah, guys, his content is absolutely let, amazing. Let me, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to say like with, with Chiellini that, you know, he kind of looks like that guy that he knows his last game and this is a cap that he can put on, on his career. You know, and I, I think for him, like, that's part of him having fun, and I feel like he's been looking back at his whole career to see him start. But uh, hopefully, hopefully this works now. Nope, he still ain't works yet. He's gonna go out. He's gonna come back. Um, yeah, dude. So listen, this is what I want to talk to him about, which I find interesting. Is we know that Rossoff worked with Rossi some guys, Gaston. It is wild yeah. seeing Rossi in the black and yeah. yellow, right? Like yeah, it's hard it to watch, bro. It is. It is. It doesn't feel right. 
Uh, like, I mean, listen, the deal was going Rossi to be in the club, right? Like, we're on this Rossi fan club, and me and you yeah. have been on this club for a long time. But to see him back in the MLS, I'm happy for. It's just him with the black and yellow hurts my heart a little bit. Yeah, that that fake black and gold <laughs> that they claim yeah. to be. <laughs> no, black and yellow. The, that, that, ain't, that ain't gold. Difference. That ain't gold. But yeah, it, it feels weird. But I'm happy for him because he he had a hard time in in Fenerbahce. Uh, like uh, he wasn't really valued and uh, things just didn't go his way. He wasn't playing at his best. And now uh, he's finding his form in Columbus. So I'm really happy for Diego. Um, but I mean, for for this sun, uh, Saturday, I, I don't wish him the best, honestly. <laughs> I hope he loses. And, and if he can score an own goal like Escobar did, better. Uh, he's still <laughs> an LAFC legend. And I will respect him, but... Uh, man, uh, I don't want him to win. Of course, I, I love him. I'm really thankful to, to Diego because he introduced me to MLS and especially to LAFC. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here now. So, um, yeah, um, I, I will love him un until Friday. And then next Sunday, I will uh, continue loving him. But on Saturday... Right. You know, I nah. noticed... They, he there's a picture on MLS Twitter of him like kissing kissing the the Eastern Conference trophy, and I remember thinking like okay like that's that's the last trophy you can kiss right there. But the comments yeah, a lot sure. of Fenerbahce peoples were were missing him. Like they have a lot of a lot of miss for the Rossi, just just like we did when he left. Uh, MLS gone. Can you hear us now? Uh, yeah, I can hear you guys. Can you hear me? Hey, we got you, yep. buddy. We got you. Well, first of all, yeah, thank you for joining us here at the Voices of the Black and Gold, man. We really appreciate you being here and taking the time to talk with the, you know, just a bunch of uh, LAFC Black and Gold degenerates over here. But, man, um, <laughs> you know, you have one of our our beloved there with Rossi, you know, and, and so this is going to be an interesting game for us. What we were just sitting here talking about, it's weird to see him in the crew outfit. Uh, but what you're, what I seen from the crew on this last weekend, I personally thought was absolutely amazing. They showed a ton of heart. They never gave up. They fought until the end. And I was actually really impressed with uh, what I seen. I just want to get a little, view of what you're seeing from your club there and how it's different this year than it has ever been before. Um, so it's not different than it's ever been. We've won two MLS cups. We won back in 2008 and in 2020. Um, I was at the 2020 MLS cup final. We also made it in 2015 when we unfortunately lost to Portland. And I was just pulling up some random stats and facts about those, those two MLS cup winning campaigns. The Burhalter team, Burhalter yeah. coach. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that was the 2015 one, unfortunately. But I was like drawing some parallels between the two times that we won MLS Cup and where we're at today. And so coming into the season, the Columbus crew hadn't made MLS the, the playoffs the, the previous two seasons under Caleb Porter. Caleb Porter was sacked. When Columbus crew won in 2008, the Columbus crew hadn't made the playoffs for the three previous seasons. And then they you know, were reintroduced into the playoffs. Then they won. In 2020, they missed out on the playoffs in 2019. They won the cup in 2020. So there's a little bit of a pattern here. We go through some dry spells where we're not even making the playoffs, then we make an improbable run to the cup. And here we are again. We found our way after missing the playoffs two straight years, and we're one win away from MLS Cup. And you guys are, are talking about Diego Rossi, and he was one of the signings of the summer. He didn't really hit the ground running. 
for the Columbus crew, but Kucha Hernandez stepped up without Lucas Arion when he was transferred out midsummer. And but but Diego Rossi has been a huge part, and I'm looking forward to this revenge game against his his original club in MLS, where he won the MLS Golden Boot back in 2020. And man, you guys touched on just the FC Cincinnati thing. I'm just giving you guys a bunch of stuff at once because it was kind of a broad question, so I'm giving you a kind of a yeah. broad, all over the place answer. You know, revenge that match. Game. Yeah, I mean, it's not really. I mean, I don't know. We got to go back to this, but finish. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Um, you know, the Columbus crew against FC Cincinnati and what I believe was the real first game for the Columbus crew in the house, real uh, rivalry. We really hadn't felt a game of that magnitude, playing a game of that magnitude against FC Cincinnati yet to have our backs up against the wall, go down to zero to then just wear them down and fight and continue to, to literally kick the door down until we were able to find the back of the net late in the game. And we kind of flipped the script from what we're used to with the Columbus crew. The Columbus crew usually give up late goals. And here we are in two straight games, the MLS Cup playoffs, flipping that script. And we are now the ones imposing our will and scoring those late goals. Hey, and the one that was going the late goals is another LAFC alum with Ramirez. The guy has just came back from Scotland and in my opinion, looking absolutely fantastic. He's making a point to be able to start for the crew. How do you feel? Like, what do you think about that? Is it, has he earned the, the starting position yet or no? It's tough, man. It's it's a good position to be in for the Columbus crew to have this sort of depth and to have guys to be able to come in off the bench late in games to be game changers. So I, I've been weighing this question for the past three days. I was on a podcast last night and I was kind of talking myself through it live. And I've just been able to think about it more and more. And whereas you guys have two huge center backs, two really physical, physically imposing center backs in Chiellini and Mario. And Ramirez would be a good fit in there against them to kind of bang bodies and just occupy one of those guys. I think what might be more effective for the Columbus crew is playing the way that we've just been playing with the Cucho, Matan, Rossi front three. Those guys are interchangeable playing in behind your center defensive mids and in front of your back line. I think that those interchangeable runs and starting in those half spaces between the lines can possibly draw out a very disciplined and um, experience Chiellini, I think, I don't, I, I would love to think that Diego Rossi, Matana Cucho can have Chiellini running all over the place, but I know he's a more disciplined player than that. But in theory, that's what that could provide. It could provide with those three, instead of Ramirez in the game, the center backs chasing our guys out of position and then somebody filling that space in behind where they're, where they're leaving on the center back line. So whereas I think Ramirez has earned it because of what we've seen, I think he is more of a super sub right now than he is a starter in this match. That's fair. Celso. Yeah, gone. I wanted to, I'm going to call you gone because that sounds cool. But like I, um, I lived in Columbus for many, many years, so by the way. So I love the town. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to see our supporters travel there and experience what lower stadium is, which I thought was one of the best soccer specific stadiums in the country. But what, what did you think of the pyro show that our supporters did here in, uh, in LA? And, and what can you tell us about supporter culture there? You do the march in the stadium. I mean, there's a lot going on uh, in Columbus. What can you tell our listeners, uh, you know, how things are going to be this weekend? And what did you think of the show we did? Excuse me, I'm drinking ginger ale right now. I got the burps. Um, yeah, the, the the pyro show. I was just poking a little bit of fun on Twitter. I saw a lot of folks overreacting. I was like, yeah, I might as well join in on the fun. And I've seen some <laughs> LAFC fans kind of take what I said and kind of run with it. He wanted the banter. 
Oh no, please don't. Oh no, he froze. This is the best time. Ah. Okay, okay. Well, while he comes back, because I know he'll come back, what we, we, we got to tell him what he said, right? He, he he threw some mustard on us, which was kind of funny. Uh, so anyone can read the tweet would be good while he comes back. Yeah, yeah although, he, although he he is admitting it's a bit of a tongue in cheek troll, and I think I he it is. It is. I'm just, I'm just. Who doesn't appreciate some pyro? <laughs> right, right, and and again, and why, the reason why I said that is because you no know, Columbus, Ohio, right? Like I, you put ninety thousand people uh, three miles away at Ohio Stadium, and no one is putting one flare up in the sky otherwise people would just freak out so it is just a different mindset right so when the rest of the country and eric i know you're from the middle of the country as well is looking at that it looks different and it can be scary right but there's nothing to be scared about i love what you guys are saying look at this as an example and try to do it in your markets like nick said i really believe that's the formula right and get that supportive culture to grow in your markets Sorry, I know you lost this all. We were just talking my. about your tweet, but what did you Golly. think of that pyro show, man? Come on. I, I thought you guys kicked me it. when I stopped, started talking about the pyro show. <laughs> I never have technical difficulties. <laughs> I was on. Oh, no. Okay. No. We're, we're going to keep censoring him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, dude. He really thinks we're kicking him out. Yeah. That's not cool. Uh, it's not hey, cool. Listen, but... He did say something I wanted to address real quick, guys, and I – we're a victim of this too, right? You expect your 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 you talk about Rossi not hitting the ground yes. completely running, right? And and I've I'm victim of that really with Bogush and um and uh uh what, what's our other young kid's name? Oh Buke. Couldn't even think of his name. That's how much we don't see him. You know, and I expect him to hit the ground running, but it is true. Like sometimes yeah. we expect these guys to hit the ground running when it doesn't really it's not always really the case, right? But what Rossi brings is he's going to draw them players in because everybody knows what yeah. he did with LAFC, right? Oh, he's back. Okay, here you are. <laughs> We're <laughs> nice with you guys. What I was getting ready to say before I lost connection again is I never have issues with this. I never had the technical difficulties. I was on a stream yard stream last night, and I had no problem. So I don't know what the hell's going on tonight. I I've had twice I've had to relog on tonight. I don't know. Maybe there's a big electric magnetic storm from the sun or something. Oh, quick complaining, guys. We're on the internet. Let's just talk football. <laughs> All right. All right. So back to the tweet. I was just having a little bit of fun. I saw a lot of people talking about it. And I was like, might as well try my hand and, you know, see what sticks in the Twitterverse. And some LAFC fans took it and ran with it. And it's fun. It's good banter, whatever. I would like to see, you know, more of that around the league. Do I think it's good for the league? I don't know. I'm both here or there, but I would like to see more passion, more creative things other than just TIFOs. And I like the flares. I like the smoke. I like all that kind of stuff. Like that is aesthetically pleasing when you're watching a game on TV. It's an imposing environment when you're a traveling team going to an away stadium. Like that's what you want. You want to create a hostile environment. And that's what you guys have created the LAFC. Now, I wish the Columbus crew had more of a hostile environment. I will say that. So I've only been to two, two games at lower.com. I currently, I live in Chesapeake, Virginia. Um, I was born and raised in Columbus. So I, I go back once or twice a year. I'm still trying to get tickets to the final. That's been, uh, it was a disaster yesterday. I'm just kind of waiting in limbo right now to, to wait and see if I, I wake up to some tickets, but we'll see if not, I'll try my hand at the public tickets that go on sale tomorrow at 10. But um, I mean, it's it's a really family-friendly environment is, is what I would call lower.com field. The Nordeca, um, they're loud. They're right behind the goal. It is, you know, 
they, they've got good chance. They've, you know, they, they do the march to the stadium. There's a nice little bar right outside the stadium that everybody meets at. They march over. Um, it's, it's not the hostile environment that you guys have created at LAFC. There will be a lot of black and yellow. I'm sure there will be a lot of black and gold there as well. Um, but, but it's going to be a very, very good environment created at lower.com. I know Nordeca, the supporters group for the Columbus crew are currently in the process of making a TIFO. They're coming up with some new chants. They're making sure as many supporters get into that supporter section as possible. So it's going to be allowed. It's going to be a, it's going to be a really, really good environment. I know you guys are going to love it. Oh yeah. And it's a, and it's a beautiful stadium. Like it is, like I said, I've, I've been twice. I grew up going to historic crew stadium. I know what that looked like. That was like a glorified high school stadium. (laughs) Right. But it had so much history to it, but now going to lower.com and seeing what's been created there after all the aftermath of save the crew and, you know, what the fans have done for, for this club to keep this club in Columbus. Um, It's truly beautiful to see that, you know, although it's, although there was the ultimatum put down by pre-court saying, build me that stadium. I'm out. Um, Ultimately the stadium was built kind of in the aftermath of that, but what was built and what's been created and now to have a team that's doing so, so well in that said stadium is, is amazing. No, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually did want to talk to you about that. I mean, you guys go from maybe losing a club to now you're in the finals. I mean, this is a big swing for a club, and I understand that you guys have already won. So earlier I wasn't trying to make it like, oh, y'all haven't accomplished anything, but accomplishing it after maybe nearly losing the club is a big deal. Um, Just talk about how – how do they work that to save it and then to make it what it is now? Did, did the front office finally just buy in and they just trust what's the system or what? Um, I'm probably not the guy to be talking to you guys, Save the Crew, because I wasn't super you know, involved in the Save the Crew movement. I was just kind of on the outside looking in. I was okay, a college fair. kid. I was a college kid down here in Chesapeake, Virginia. So I was kind of following, but Basically, there was a clause written into pre-court's agreement with the team and with the league saying that after a few years, whatever, if they do not build a stadium, if we don't hit X numbers um, for attendance, I want to move the team. He triggered that clause. I forget which season it was. And then Nordeca, the Columbus Crew supporters, uh, went ballistic, as they should. Columbus Crew are one of the original teams in MLS. They've been around from the start. Um Historic Crew Stadium was the first soccer-specific professional stadium in America. Like, there is history and riches Mm -hmm. in Columbus and professional soccer. And so crew fans just obviously stood up for what they believed in and stood up for the team that they loved, grew up around, and supported all so well, just like you guys would do for LAFC. And, you know, they did everything in their power to do so. And even that seemed like it was falling on deaf ears. Thankfully – um, there is some legislature out there. I think it's Modell's something. I don't, I don't know the specific law, but saying that um, ownership cannot move a professional team in the state of Ohio, out of the state of Ohio without X, Y, and Z. And that did not fall within those parameters. So that sort of thing fell through and the crew was saved. So you can give credit to the law, but you should also be giving credit to the Columbus crew faithful that fought so, so hard to keep their beloved team um, I- in the city they love. Yeah, I, I really think that's uh, one of the really nice things with, with MLS. And I know Celso's from Brazil, Gaston's in Uruguay, my wife's from Brazil. And like, 
the supporter culture now in South America, and even if you look at a lot of places in Europe, it's just so much different than it is here. And I think there's a really big camaraderie with all the supporters groups that we recognize that really we're all trying to push these clubs to do more and push our league to do more. And that we kind of, I think, have this respect for each other of trying to do things and trying trying to progress the game and progress the culture here. And so I, for me, I think this is one of the most beautiful things about MLS, especially seeing how other places don't really have this. And, you know, and, and we have you here. So I, it, it's always really great to hear. And I think, you know, every supporters group, even for most of the rival teams, like we all want the supporters to have a great team and a great experience and a team to cheer for and a reason to all get together, you know? So it's, it's really nice. It starts with family. It's always yeah. starts with family. Start with family. For me, I started with family because I used to go with my dad. I took my, I took my daughter. I see a lot of families in the stadium. You're talking about Ohio. It's family environment. You know, again, you have a lot of things that, 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 that you can do, you know, but not a lot of sports. Op- they have a lot of sports options in in Columbus. Is what I'm trying to say. You can go to watch the hockey game. There's so many, so many different things. But what makes that environment flourish to me is again the the the, the, the supporters on the on the stands. They just kind of get one another. There's just a lot more collaboration than some of the other sports. And again, the vibe is there also when you go to some of the other sports as well in your city. So I have a question for you. What are some of the strengths of LAFC that you see that will be uh, hard for Columbus crew to get by? What what are, what are what do you think Columbus needs to worry about the most for LAFC? Um, a few things. So I fired off a tweet about an hour or so before this podcast came out. I was just going back and watching some of the Columbus crew versus FC Cincinnati game, and two of the things that LAFC do better than most teams in MLS are creating turnovers and, you know, high up the field and they are attacking third. So forcing those high turnovers and then turning those high turnovers into shots, they're actually second in all of MLS and creating those high turnovers and second in all of MLS and create or turning those high turnovers into shot creating actions. So they're Mm. not only turning teams over, they're also, you know, generating, you know, shot creating actions off of that. The Columbus crew, the first goal they gave up against FC Cincinnati, it was Mo Farsi gave up a sloppy pass in the in the crew's defensive third in the build out, which is what the Columbus crew do. They're going to build out of the back. You guys are going to press us if Mo Farsi or anybody on the Columbus crew gives up a sloppy turnover in that area of the field. LAFC have shown all season long that they are going to make teams capitalize. They're going to punish you for your mistakes in that area of the field. So just looking at that mistake, I was like, well, that's definitely an area where FC Cincinnati capitalized and LAFC is better in that area of the field. They could definitely get us there. Another one is probably set pieces. We gave up our, our second goal in that FC Cincinnati game. There was a foul in a dangerous area. You guys have two guys that, and you can add Kellen Acosta to the mix as well. Denny Buonga, Carlos Vela, Kellen Acosta, all those guys serving in a ball or hitting a ball from close outside to 18. You guys have shown throughout these playoffs that corner kicks are uh, can be a, a good Goal-scoring opportunity for you guys. Yeah, you guys have Chiellini and Mario as well. Hollingshead is a big set-piece threat, too, for us. Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. He's, what, the the highest-scoring defender in MLS Cup history? It's all set-pieces, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you guys have scored 14 goals from set-pieces. I think that's tied for third best in the league. The Columbus crew have leaked goals um, defensively. We've conceded a lot of goals from set-pieces. So those are two that are kind of – I don't know, maybe the under the radar stats that a lot of people aren't looking at because most people are pointing at Denny Bulonga, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. 
So the Columbus crew are going to have majority of possession. You guys don't want possession. You guys have averaged like 35% over the last three playoff games, 31% in the last two games. Yeah, we don't like possession. Yeah, you guys want to kill teams in transition, and that's been an Achilles heel of the Columbus crew all year. We're going to attack in numbers. We're going to throw everybody for We play the 3-5-2 or 3-4-3 variant, whatever you want to call it. It's a three-back system. And where Denny Bawanga plays, he plays along that left-hand side. We have probably Mo Farsi playing there. He's not in because he's he's a better defender than Julian Gressel is, but Mo Farsi's still going to get forward. And mm-hmm. Denny Buonga is going to occupy that space that he's left when he goes and tries to find the game in the attack. So that's going to leave Denny Buonga matched up 1v1 with our right center back, Steve Marrera. Um, Steve Marrera is a big physical – he's a converted right center back from right back. Uh, he's fast, but Denny Buonga is a different animal. Um, obviously, we all know that. Arguably, him and Cucho, you could you – know, it's a, it's a toss-up on the coin. You know, who's the best player in this game? I don't want I, – I am frightened of Denny Buonga running anybody on our back line in space. Uh, it is frightening. So, I mean, the, the follow-up to that is how do you counter that? I don't know, man, but you got to be super physical with him. Maybe you don't send Mo Farsi as high forward. There's some things that we got to figure out going into this game. Yeah, well, I asked you what does uh, LAFC need to worry about. I mean, I asked you what does Columbus need to worry about. But what does LAFC need to worry about with the crew, though? Who who should we – who do you think maybe we're overlooking in a way? Um, well, you can never really overlook Cucho just because of the volume of chance creation that he's created throughout the season. He has been arguably the best nine in all of MLS. Uh, I agree he does it in He does it in such such a different way. It's not just goal scoring. It's now chance creation. We lost Lucas Elion in the summer, and he's kind of filled that gap, filled that void of not just the goal scoring, but setting up his teammates now as well, dropping into the midfield to do to, to create those chances, to pull defenders away so Rossi and Matan have more space and, and, and can create channels for other people to run into. So Cucho needs to have a game. He's going to have a hell of a, a challenge on his, you know, on his hands with Chiellini and seeing how those two match up is, is going to be fun, man. One of the best mm. center backs in all of MLS matched up against one of the best number nines. And and like I said, he does it in such a different way. So can Cucho pull him off the back line to create that space? Um, and then another thing that I think is interesting is I think that Darlington Nagby and Aiden Morris have to have a huge game. When you when you look at these two teams' formations, you guys are plus one in the midfield. You guys are going to have three central midfielders with Acosta, Ilya, and uh, Tillman probably will be starting in the midfield for you guys. And we have two. Right, we have Nagby and Morris, so it's going to be three v two in the midfield. So, whereas I think it's going to be big for Nagby and Morris and seeing how they can cover ground and how they can shift and find balance in that midfield to protect our back line while we're in possession and trying to attack. When you guys have the ball, it's who's going to back press? Who's going to cover that third guy in the LAFC midfield? Is it going to be Matan or Rossi dropping in to to defend that other center defensive midfielder, whether it's Acosta or whether it's Ilya. So kind of negating your guys's midfield advantage. So I think those two guys have to have a huge game and their whole back line. Um, It's, it's a huge opportunity for our back line. Our back line has been again, our Achilles heel all season. You guys have had one of the best attackers over the last half decade and Carlos Vela currently one of the best attackers in MLS and Denny Buonga. We've been a leaky defense. Can we step up when there's a trophy on the line? Last game of the season, can we win MLS Cup on our home soil? Because our back line and even Patrick Schulte, our goalkeeper who won the MLS Next Pro Championship last year, 
stepped up, beat out an MLS cut or an MLS vet, earned Wilfred Nancy's trust. Can those guys in the back line really step up? I think that's – we know how good the Columbus Crews attack is. There's no question about it. We could beat a dead horse talking about it all day long. They do great mm. things. It's wonderful. They score a bunch of goals. But can the defense step up? Can Patrick Schulte stand on his head like he's done in this MLS Cup playoffs? And I, I also wonder because uh, kind of the wild card, our big, our big signing that really hit for us this summer was Kike Oliveira, who yeah. I think is Ooh. probably, arguably – the fat, the paciest guy in the entire league. Like the guy is completely fast and relentless. And that's the other thing you're going to have Bulonga on that side. The other side is going to have to deal with Oliveira, which is really where the chances opened up before Oliveira. And we had that speed. Bulonga was coverable, but on the other, on the other side, that's, that's kind of a wild card, I think. But uh, my other question is Vegas is putting Columbus at plus plus one fifty. So you guys are the favorites in this game. Do you feel like a favorite? Should be. Um, do I, do I feel like a favorite? I I personally don't feel like the favorite because you have to beat the best to be the best. Okay. So we, we have not earned the right to be called a favorite quite yet. The Columbus crew are very good at home. I mean, one of the best teams in MLS at home all season long, and it's so hard to win away in this league. Um, but it's not like you guys are traveling cross country on short rest. There's, you guys had a full week, you traveled early, you guys are already there. Um, so we'll see how that plays into it. But the last time the Columbus crew played in MLS Cup back in 2020, they also played the defending champs in the Seattle Sounders, and they beat them 3-0 in the final. I'm not sure what the, the Vegas betting odds were there, but we went in playing the defending MLS Cup champs, and we wiped the floor with them at home. Wow. All right, last one for you, man. Obviously, thank you so much for coming here and joining us. I got to get a score prediction. I get it from any guess that we go. Is it going past 90 minutes, and what do you think the score prediction is going to be? Oh, well, the last two crew games have gone past 90 minutes, so all signs are pointing to yes. Um, so I, I said this on the podcast I was on last night, and I'm going to stick with it because I think it's really true. I think the LAFC comes out and they throw the first punch. I think LAFC score first. And I think what that FC Cincinnati game did for all of crew fans is we saw us go down 2-0. We were all like, okay, this could be the end of the season against our better rivals. This is how, this is how, we're, this is how we lose. We come back, we score three late goals. So we showed the fight. So I think LAFC throws the first punch, scores the first goal. And I think the Columbus crew end up coming out with this game and winning three to two. Three, two. All right. All Same right. score as we had last year. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Love it. <laughs> well, man, we appreciate you coming here, doing this with us. And uh, yeah, it's always you. great catching up Good and insight. chatting with you. And thanks so yeah, much man. for uh, joining us here at the Voice of the Black and Gold, brother. Of course, guys. Thanks for having me again. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Um, no if you guys are at the game, I look forward to hopefully catching up if I can get tickets. And uh, I enjoy talking to you guys. I'll catch you all next time. All right, man. Right. Have a good one. You know, I love doing this and having other people on. Eric, I know you're running short, so I want to get your uh, score prediction real quick. And then I uh, want to hear from Gaston and uh, Celso. Uh, what do you What do you think, Eric? You, you're you're one that normally thinks that we're going past the ninety. Uh, are we going past the ninety on this one? And what do you think the score is going to be? I'm afraid that I think we are going past ninety in this one, and I think oh, this is going to be a three three game with penalties. Again. No, like last what? year. And I think we're going to come out on top from the penalties again, except this time it's going to be Max Crapo who plays the hero. Wow. Wow. Gaston. I mean, uh, 
I, I'm not a fan of going past the 90, and if it does, I definitely don't want to make it all the way to the PKs. I think LAFC can finish it off. Where are you at on this, man? Yeah, I'm with you. I think we're winning in the 90 minutes. Um, Let's three go. 3-1. Uh, Rossi scores for, for Columbus, though. I think he's going he's gonna to score. But, yeah, I, I see us winning 3-1. I think we are ready. We've learned our, our lesson in the Champions League final this year. We we know how to compete now in, in these sort of games. And Bale uh, is ready. And uh, if he's uh, going to play his last game, he's going to go out there and give his best. He's going to score. He's going to celebrate. And he's bringing the cup to Los Angeles for sure. Ooh, for sure. You can, you can clip this. For Three sure. Yeah, I'll take that. It. I'm yeah, take one or the other. I like what he says. So, so we ain't going. I past, like what he so said too. Listen, the the, yeah, absolutely. And he was listen. The 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 key of this whole thing was spoken by uh, Gone uh, Gone Wild over there. The fact that this team had to go through two, not one, but two extra time games already. The last one being against its rival, going back from back down two. All that emotional, you know, ecstasy you had to go through. And now you have to fight against the MLS champs. Giorgio Chiellini, a lot of experience in that back line, as you've heard. Carlos Vell up front, maybe his last game. You know, he's going to give his all if that's the case. Denis Boanga, maybe the MVP of this league that we've overlooked. There's a lot going on for this LFC. You can tell I'm pumped. You can tell I'm ready to do this again. I think it's going to happen, and I really believe yes, it's going to be a 3 nothing win for this team, LAFC, over yes, the crew, sir. and we're going to bring it back, and it's back-to-back, -back, baby, and I've never done this, but I am pumped, and I'm ready to go. Let's go. Okay, I'm You know what? I'm feeling <laughs> what you guys are saying. We ain't going no 90. I don't know why Eric thinks that we're going past the 90, going to PKs. It's not happening. I'm with you guys. Nah, I want this 3-1 victory. We're going to go again. This I'm with the 3 ass, man. And I am with you, Gaston. I think if there's going to be a person that's going to score, it has to be our man, Diego Rossi. He's yeah, going to score on us. And I don't yeah, think yeah, he's he going to be all smug. He's going to do his V. That's fine. We know that. Oh, you he's think so? He ain't scoring. We're not letting any goals in this playoffs, guys. Like, there's just one game left. It's 3 0. So, so. 3 0. 3 0. baby. I am hot Damn. right now. Last Let's game was so I said it was going to be. We're going to smack that 3 0 back. And we're going to just do what Seattle didn't do. 3 0. It's just not going to look good. LAFC is that good right now. The crew has no business being here, people. Well, Damn. this is what we're going to do, guys. We've now went over. Eric's had to jump over. He's going over to the, uh, Sorry, to the I got bumped family up. podcast. And uh, Gaston, you're going to come back with us next week after we win the championship. We, can you come uh, back next week also? Uh, I hope so. Yeah, I'll, I'll let okay. you know during the week. You got to let me know. Well, we want you back for sure on here. Uh, well, hopefully we can even do a family pod when we win back to back, guys. It's going to be uh, hadn't happened in 12 years. This is the chance. LAFC looks ready. Everything that Gaston and, and Celso said is absolutely true. Kalini's on the final game. You know, Carlos Vela might be at his final game. You have uh, Christian yeah, Oliveira and you have Denny Bawanga pulling guys out pulling them to him, opening it up for Vela. Vela definitely is going to score a goal, guys. He's getting yeah, a goal. And I would not be surprised yeah. if Christian finally gets a goal because he has done oh. a lot of work. So he so he will get 
his chance. I think it could be in this final game to get ready for what we will see from him next year because I think he is going to be an absolute dynamite next year for LAFC. He could he could compete for the golden boot. I feel it. I like the way this kid moves. Um, but it's all about Denis, 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 Denis Bawanga for me. This dude is going to have a massive game. And um, 3-0 victory, 3-1, I'm good with either or. I do not expect it to go past the 90. LAFC is going to be black and gold. We're going to turn that place from black to yellow for to black and gold. We're going to yes, show them what sir. gold looks like. This is going to be the game of games. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you all for staying here with us. We appreciate it. And uh, look, man, Saturday early game for me at 11 o'clock, which I'm very excited about. I cannot wait. Uh, Gaston, thank you for being here with us. Thanks for no, gone, thanks being, you, uh, gone wild. MLS gone wild being here. Um, and you know, look, that's what this is all about, right? We share our stories. We, we share the passion and, and, and this week is what it's all for. We wanted the CCL. We wanted the other ones, but this is what it all comes down to the whole season. We're here. We made it back to back. Now let's just go on and get that extra star. Let's make it two. And so we can shut the fuck up. Everyone else around us that talks all the shit about us being the darlings. Let's go in there and show them that we can do it outside of LA, outside of LA, outside of BMO stadium. And let's go and kick some ass at their home stadium. Right. That's what we need. LA's black and go. We appreciate all you being here.